0: What is going on everybody? My name is Smitty and you are watching the Week 2 Waiver Wire Fantasy Football Show and we're going to break down the names you see on screen here talk about some other names uh, especially the guys in this list who might crack your Waiver Wire um, top ads for Week 2 who to grab we still got the Monday night game to go so we might have um, more names to, to pop onto this list but I will be breaking this all down and more and um, definitely need your comments I want to know who's available in your league what dilemmas you might be facing and we'll break it all down right now the fantasy football show week two waiver wire live stream show begins now this is the fantasy football show with your host Smitty running back you're watching the fantasy football show I'm smitty. Take a lap. what is going on everybody my name is smitty and you're watching god my volume was all the way up sorry about that uh you're watching the week two waiver wire fantasy football show um and we're gonna break down all of the top ads for week two we're gonna talk a little bit about week two don't worry. We'll get to that but i also have a video dropping tomorrow hopefully before the monday night game where we talk about the bus coming out of week two or week one the the bus heading into week two which ones are traps which players are going to trap you into a, a rabbit hole and you're just going to continue to go downward what players should you get out of what players should you buy low we're going to break all that down as the week unfolds so don't worry There's so much to unravel, and there's a lot of people that are going to freak out uh, about uh, what took place in week one. And let me just tell you right now, the top 48, so if you look at just the first round, the first, I'm sorry, the first four rounds of fantasy football, the first four rounds, 40% of the top 48 players, the top four rounds busted in week one, laid a dug, uh, a, a, a total like dud on your on your foot footstep, like at your doorstep just double decker upper decker in in the top bowl of your toilet they just dropped a total big deuce right in the top tank and you know a lot of them are on my team i'm sure everyone here has at least one or two of those guys and you have so many people that are willing uh to jump ship on some of these guys right out of the gate like oh i'm just gonna abandon my post let me just Click on this here, boom, 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 and and I'm not getting all crazy about guys like Ridley, Justin Jefferson, um, the list I have the list right here. I'm gonna go over it tomorrow, so I don't want to spoil the whole entire live stream. Uh, but we have, let's see, let me pull it up real quick. In the top 48, in the top 48 you have these names that are that are busted. Henry, Zeke Elliott. Yeah, no, there's too many to list. There's, there's way too many to list. Um, I had it on my screen here, but I closed it so I'd have more. Okay, Henry, number three overall. Zeke Elliott, number five overall. Aaron Jones, number seven overall. Devontae Adams, number eight overall. Saquon Barkley, number 10 overall. Harris, number 14. Diggs, number 16. Ridley, Clyde, Jefferson, Allen, Josh Allen, the list goes on and on, but inside the top 10, you had one, two, three, four, five, 50%, 50% of the top 10 busted in week one. So before you say things like, can't believe I trusted Callaway, who was a very high risk, high reward player. We said that over and over and over. It's a high-risk, high-reward play. Like, people need to understand what that means. Because I, f- I find a lot of the time when you say that, somebody thinks you're you're telling them that Callaway's got no risk. He's a high-risk, high-reward play. Okay, so I'm going to start him. And then when he doesn't work out, you say, Smitty, I'm never trusting you again. You said Callaway was a good play. Look, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? And this is, I mean, you should know this anyway. But the, the best analysts in the world, the best fantasy football analysts in the world, are going to miss at least 30% of the time on everything they tell you. Everything. On a good year. If you land 70% of everything that comes out of your mouth, you will be richer than you could ever imagine. Okay, that is a very, very good percentage to land with 50-50 calls. Imagine all the 50-50 calls that came at me, came at you, came at the chat. We all helped each other out. And a lot of you guys answer a lot of the calls. You're going to miss a bare minimum of 30% of everything that is asked of you on the entire year, and a lot of the long-term stuff too. You're going to miss at least 30% of it. So it it's kind of like you know an annoying part of week one um, because you 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 know you have thick skin, I have thick skin. Things roll right off. I don't really let it bother me. But when you hear things over and over and you have to explain over and over and over not to freak out about Ridley or Justin Jefferson or that Josh Allen is the player that we thought he was. like If after one week of football or in the case of Zeke Elliott when he faced the number one defense against the run, a defense that did this to every single running back that faced it in 2020, Alvin Kamara against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one last year, 16 yards. Let me let me zoom in on this. Alvin Kamara in week one, 16 yards. Week two, Christian McCaffrey, 59 yards. Melvin Gordon in week three, 26 yards. I was even fair. I was, I was super fair with this. I didn't want to like paint a weird picture. So Austin Eckler, he didn't have like an overwhelming amount of carries in this game. So I took the entire team. The entire team. 46 yards a week. Four. Week five. 29 yards for Monty. Week six. Aaron Jones. Who had an amazing year last year. 15 yards. In the middle now. Middle column. Josh Jacobs. 17 yards. Gallman. 44 yards. Alvin Kamara. Again. 40 yards. He did average 4.5 a pop but he got 40 yards Mike Davis look at that 4.6 a pop but still only seven carries 32 yards then you've got the entire team because again I didn't want to take one running back because there are multiple running backs that are near similar carries the entire team 37 yards Clyde Edwards helaire in week 12 I'm not skipping a week I was very fair when I made this graphic 37 yards here's where the only guy that broke out Dalvin Cook 102 yards, 4.6 a pop. Not much different than Kamara's 4.4 yards a carry in week nine or Davis's week 10, uh, 4.6 yards per carry, but he had 22 carries. Game script allowed Cook to run more. Then you have the entire team in week, uh, what, is, what is this, week 15? 37 yards. Swift, 45 yards. Gurley, 18 yards. Only Dalvin Cook survived. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. This is a pretty telling graphic. And I, I spent an hour and a half on it for a reason. Because I felt like you guys needed to see it. People freaking out about Zeke Elliott needed to see it. I needed to, to get this out there as fast as possible. So people didn't have knee-jerk reactions and trade away Zeke Elliott for a ham sandwich. I was getting DM after DM on my Hey Smitty text line. Which you can order at HeySmitty.com. If you want one-on-one text device. I was getting DM after DM Smitty. Should I trade Deontay and James Conner for Zeke Elliott? Smitty, should I trade Deontay? And uh, I'm using Deontay because I did get that weirdly a lot. Deontay and Mike Davis for Zeke Elliott. Smitty, should I trade Mike Davis? I got a lot of Mike Davis's. Mike Davis and I don't know. It was like Pittman for Zeke Elliott. Some crazy people. Reacting, overreacting, knee-jerk reactions to Zeke Elliott. I can't tell you how many people follow up. I get two or three comments where someone's like, I-, I believe in Zeke. Zeke will be okay. I have a little concern over Zeke. And then there's like one comment. Every fifth comment is like, Zeke's washed. Zeke looked like trash. Zeke didn't look like trash. Zeke didn't have anywhere to run. And when you say, when somebody says, hey, Zeke Elliott couldn't turn the corner and get in the end zone... They don't really realize that there were defenders standing right there about to swarm him. And his he looks slow is more about Zeke trying to figure out where to go stutter stepping, trying to buy time. Where How can I find a weave into a hole? Zeke is in some of the best shape of his life. And I've seen that with my own eyeballs. I'm not worried about Zeke Elliott's fitness. I'm not worried about Zeke Elliott losing a step. He looks very, very good. We've seen it all off season long. I feel like situationally is there concern i yeah i suppose there is concern and you know what i was gonna i was gonna do this video i i almost want to do it now but we got to get to the start bench stuff so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off and just keep this a start bench show but tomorrow's video is gonna be so important and so vital because it's gonna really tell you what you need to do or how you need to look at the slumping players moving forward because I'm going to try and give you my version of my risk meter, my risk radar on each of the players that busted. So in the case of Henry, on a scale of zero being the most concerned and t- I'm sorry, 10 being the most concerned and zero being the least concerned, my actual fear or my concern level for Henry At his number three or four overall ADP is ranging right around six or seven out of 10. That's how much my concern, like he feels like he is going to be a trap. If you hang tight and hang out for the whole entire season, I feel like a little over 50% of me feels like it's going to be a trap and burn you. There's still the other side of that. Maybe he balls out in week two. Maybe we're overreacting like I'm telling Zeke owners they're overreacting. There's a component there. I'm admitting the component there. So it's, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to hear some of it. It's gonna take some inward looking on my part to try and evaluate fairly some of the players I've been talking up over and over. And and as an analyst, it's not my job to dig my heels in and say, oh, you know what? I feel super, super strong about this because I felt this way all offseason. I'm gonna dig my heels in. It's my job to be fair and honest with myself and 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 tell you do I have concern about Clyde? I, I do a little bit. I don't I don't think he's gonna bust. I don't think he's gonna bust from his 18 to 25 overall ADP. We're protected pretty good into that 18 to 25 overall ADP. He did catch three passes for 29 yards. He was used in the passing game. It was an odd game. We can't use excuses over and over and over for Clyde. We can't say he was game scripted out. This will be different, but it's one week. We can't overreact to one week or we have to overreact to everybody. We can't overreact for Henry full go. Like we can have our concerns, try and dissect it and try and figure out, okay, I kinda I kind of feel like there's risk here, but I feel like the risk is at this level, I'm willing to accept it and move on. Or hey, I feel like six out of ten worried about James Robinson. James Robinson to me on a scale of zero to ten, I have a worry level of probably six or seven or eight for James Robinson. A lot of components involved as to why Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer doesn't know what he's doing at the at the NFL level. Urban Meyer is going to create a reset year for Trevor Lawrence if things don't change really quickly. I'll be open-minded, just like I'm open-minded about Zeke, not freaking out about Zeke, not freaking out about Callaway, not freaking out about other guys that I feel still have upside to do well. I still have hope for those situations. Therefore, I still have to give some fairness to Urban Meyer and the Jaguars, that they can turn it around. But my level of how concerned I am, I'm going to throw that out there. So my level of concern for J-Rob is 6 or 7 out of 10. And I think that Trevor Lawrence, although he did have some decent stats at the end of the day, it looked like this is this could be a reset year. This could be a reset year. Ayuk, my level of concern for Ayuk, given the drops in the preseason, coupled with this injury... Coupled with the usage and the way the Niners handled it. Like, if he's hurt, why is he out there? Why is he out there? Iuke my level of concern, at his ADP, 6 or 7 out of 10. And so we'll get into that on the episode that will drop tomorrow, I believe before uh, before kickoff of the Monday night game. Aaron Jones, my level of concern is about 5 or 6 maybe, out of 10. It's not low. It's not. It's not the highest. It's not like Henry's, but but it's it's middle range area, and the reason for that is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is very touchdown dependent. Aaron Jones requires the touchdowns. He doesn't get the the rushing yards, and if there's struggle in the offense, which is the concern, right? A Rod did bad. I think A Rod bounces back. My level of concern for A Rod probably in the two range not high not high uh right he's rusty he didn't have a lot of time to prepare I think it's rust he comes in and looks amazing in these situations the next week but if there is some deficiencies going on if the offense is not super and ultra efficient if it can't get in the red zone as frequently as it as it could in the past Aaron Jones has susceptibility to fall off a lot if the touchdown volume isn't there. Is A.J. Dillon going to get the touchdown volume? How many carries did A.J. Dillon have? Let's pull up the Green Bay game and see because I don't, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't have it. But A.J. Dillon is a concern. At some point, he's going to potentially vulture some of those touchdowns. He averaged 4.8 a carry, only got four carries, but 19 yards. Um, and uh, Aaron Jones got five carries for nine yards, and his receptions were two for 13. And on top of that, Aaron Jones is historically, like you have to go back a ways, he's shaken free this label, I admit, but Aaron Jones is a guy I feel like hasn't quite completely shaken off the injury label, and he's gotten banged up, he's played through a lot of it, but he's been banged up over the last couple years, he's just gotten on the field and played And those things don't stay with you when you look at stats and you look, you reflect back on the last two years. You say, how many missed games did player have? You don't say to yourself, how many times did he show up on the injury report and still somehow play? Aaron Jones is injury prone. Aaron Jones has recently shaken free of that and managed to play games. He has missed time, not a lot, but he still feels, in my opinion capable of being a little more injury-prone than the average running back in the NFL. Couple that with needing to have touchdowns or it's game over for him at top five running back value. Like he can't earn and sustain the value he's had over the years without 14, 15, 16 total touchdowns. That's Aaron Jones and where his production lives. You got to worry about it. You got to worry about it. It's, it's a concern. So that's tomorrow. That shows tomorrow. I know I've given a lot of that information already. It's time to dive into the week two waiver wire grabs. So let me put week two on screen here. Week two. Whoops. Week two. Top waiver wire grabs for week two. Elijah. Elijah Mitchell- is the top waiver wire grab. For week two fantasy football. Uh, because the man. Only dropped 19. What, you, what was the stat? It, it was 19 carries for one. Let me get the exact stat line. Dude looks phenomenal. I love Elijah Mitchell. And in cases where you drafted Sermon. Especially in Dynasty. These two were often needed to be cuffed together. Because they're the future of the rushing attack. Mostert's not the future. Moster can't stay healthy. We knew that walking into this game. But. I'm going to say Elijah, Elijah Mitchell 19 carries for 104 and 1 TD. 5.5 yards per carry. Um didn't get any targets though, which was kind of odd, but this guy walking into week 2 is probably set up to start if Mostert can't get healthy. We need to wait and see what Mostert's injury is, how hurt how hurt he is. Um Eckler's PPR work zero. Yeah, it's a, con- <clears throat> a concern. It's a concern. Um <clears throat> I've just decided Chase talent like Mixon just put injury narrative on him even though the situation was horrible. And look how he could be a league winner, says Austin. Look, Mixon, Mixon, the talent's never been an issue. It's been whether he gets enough volume or has room to run. And the bottom line here is if he stays healthy and the way Joe Burrow looks, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to accept that Mixon can be a league winner. Like, I, that's what I was telling you. I don't, I'm not going to dig my heels in. I'm going to tell you what I'm observing at the moment. And at the moment, Mixon, while he is injury prone, I, I do actually subscribe to that. I think that you're looking at potentially one red flag now. What do I always tell you? When a player has one red flag, I'm not as concerned. When a player has multiple red flags, that's when I start saying they're in a void. That's when a guy like Akers is in a void. That's when you say a guy like Barkley's in a void. There's multiple red flags. Offense, Barkley's coming back from injury. He's not ready. Worry about uh, uh, the ability for him to stay healthy and not compensate and cause other injuries like Achilles. Barkley's very susceptible to a hamstring tear or a big injury, an Achilles injury, and a re-tear of an ACL or the other ACL. He's very susceptible to all those things. Multiple red flags. Multiple red flags. Yes, Doobie says hit the thumbs up. There are 100 people watching and only 25 thumbs up. Punch the thumbs up. It helps the channel. It helps me do what I do. And I appreciate it, guys. Um, Mixon <clears throat> Mixon no longer has the other red flags. So this is a point where I say it change direction time for Smitty. Good old Smitty saying right now that the only worry I have for Mixon's injury, some of that has to do with not just history of injury, but the fact that he's been hit over and over and over for a long period of time. You know, eight-man front, eight-man front. If people remember Gurley's breakout year, the year prior to that, he actually had a really bad year because the year prior to that, he actually was hitting the line over and over and over, eight-man front after eight-man front, and it hurt him the next season. It, it made him break down very easily, and he struggled. That's what my concern is for Mixon, but it's my only concern because Joe Burrow looks freaking phenomenal Jamar Chase, whatever he was struggling with, guess what? He's no longer struggling with it any longer. Joe Burrow looks phenomenal. Jamar Chase looks phenomenal. T. Higgins is not hurt. He was dehydrated, thank God. This offense looks good. And and there was, I've gone on live streams before, and people asked me months ago, uh, Smitty, give us a crazy, bold Vegas call. Like a record, a win the division, give me something insane that I can land, something something really hard to predict and something that's not not a good odds to happen. And I went into this betting room, this room full of people that were asking uh, for this information. And there was I don't know like 20 or 30 people in there. They thought I was insane. They thought I was crazy. And it still sounds bold and crazy. But I said, what are the odds? Because like, I didn't know the actual odd lines of it. I'm busy doing my football stuff. I said, what are the odds in Vegas right now for the Bengals to win the division? And they all started chuckling. <laughs> they said, you know, uh, Pittsburgh, Ravens, Browns, are you insane? What's this guy? Get this guy out of here. And then a couple of the guys were, no, 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 no. We, we trust Smitty. Smitty brings some good stuff. What are the? Li-? I said, "What are the? what's the line? Or what are the odds? I think it was like 30... $600 or something higher than that for a $20 bet. And and again, it's not it's not an easy thing to land. It's not something that right now looks really feasible. Joe Burrow, this Bengal offense looks so good. It wouldn't shock me if they were a 10-11 win team. And again, they're a lot this division's tough. It's not like they. It's not like they're gonna probably pick off every one of them. But wouldn't shock me at all if the Bengals were not third, but maybe even the second best team in the division record-wise come end of season. This is how good the Bengals can be if Joe Burrow's healthy, if Higgins is healthy, which he was dehydrated, not hurt. He got carted off, I believe. We thought he was hurt, but he's not. He's dehydrated. Thank God. Jamar Chase looking phenomenal. Which one do you, do you contain or try to from a defensive perspective? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. I absolutely love Joe Burrow. My point being, circling back, Mixon only has one red flag now, and I'm willing to admit that. His red flag is worrying about injury, not situation. He should, he should see plenty of room to run now. He won't be facing eight-man front after eight-man front anymore. The only obstacle Mixon has, which still concerns me a significant amount, but it's one red flag, injury. Mixon could be a league winner. Mixon could be a league winner. That's what my vow I vow to you, guys. Is I, I, I don't dig my heels in. You may think I do because I still like Clyde. I still really do like Clyde. It's not because I'm digging my heels in. I really do think Callaway can be something. And if not, what was the plan? What was the plan that I laid out for everybody in regards to Callaway? Callaway, cuff him to MT. You can draft Callaway ahead of MT. You can cuff MT. Together you have a very, very crafty wide receiver three. There's there's, there's value baked in and risk baked into a lot of these things. I don't feel bad at all about Callaway not doing well. In week one, I feel bad for our teams. I feel bad for anybody that sat him. He was high risk and high reward for uh sat somebody else for him and that player went off. Of course I feel bad for, for those situations, but he was a very high-risk play. He was facing very, very tough coverage, but he he ultimately led to that team balling out because he's such a, a, a guy to focus on. And many won't agree. A lot of people say a lot of people say Based on a stat line, he's trash. He's garbage because he didn't do anything. They don't actually say, so when they look at Zeke Elliott, they see Zeke Elliott's trash. He looked bad. He didn't look bad. Zeke Elliott had no room to run. Anybody running against that Tampa Bay defense, when there's two or three defenders closing in on you and you're stutter-stepping, you look slow if you're looking at the running back. You have to look at the entire situation. That's my point. Elijah Mitchell, back on back on point. I've been talking forever. My throat's dry. I've been live all day. I don't say panic on CEH. I think CH is about a 2 or a 3 out of, ten, out of 10 for a risk level or concern level for me. I think James Robinson is around a 6 or a 7. I think James Robinson, it is time to panic. It is time to panic bad. Um... Montgomery looks so good, says Master Yoda. I agree with that, my man. He looks fantastic. Uh, No, I'm not panicking on CEH. I think he did relatively okay. He didn't have like the worst game of his life. He was game scripted kind of out again, which was a little bit of a concern. Definitely has to be a worry. That's why he's not a 0 out of 10 on the panic scale for me. He's more like a 2 or a 3, and that's because of consistency. Um, Rubio says... uh, CH for Mitchell straight up okay. He's frustrating. No, you cannot trade Clyde Edwards-Alaire after week one when he was drafted in the top 18 to 24 overall for Elijah Mitchell. I'm not saying don't get Elijah Mitchell. I'm not saying don't get Mitchell and a, and a, and a baller two guys for one Clyde. I'm not saying don't sell high on Clyde. I like selling high on anybody. You can sell high on AB. There's nothing wrong selling high on AB or Kyler or Thielen or anybody if you're selling high for a reason. Selling high doesn't mean you don't believe in the player. Sometimes your roster construction and the team you're looking at is injury riddled. Sometimes you, you lost J.K. Dobbins, you lost ETN. You have somebody that you don't think is gonna bounce back. You try to go cheap running back two, but you picked the wrong guys. The draft fell horribly for you. You walked into week one with problems. It wasn't walking out of week one. Those are the scenarios where... It is wise to look at your best players when they're at their peak. Can I, in a sell-high situation only, you're not selling Kyler. You don't sell Kyler unless you're selling Kyler for double filet mignons coming back over on your way that are undervalued, and you know in your heart and your bones that these two players you're getting back have explosion-type value just like Kyler just exploded and became more valuable. Example: You're trading Kyler away to get somebody's freak out on Zeke Elliott and a quarterback like Arod. Like there are crazy scenarios out there where it makes sense to, if your team is not built to win, where you have a big dog, to potentially sell high, buy low. Uh, is Chase ceiling higher than Higgins? I think it probably, that's a tough question. It probably is. It probably is, even as a rookie. Higgins is consistent, but that's a tough one. Uh, bro, someone offered me Zeke for AB. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that. You just can't do that. You're right. That's It's crazy some of the offers people are sending. But no, you don't trade Mitchell, um, trade Clyde for Mitchell. Time to panic on A-Rod. No, I don't think so, Vlogs. I don't think so. I don't think it's time to panic on Arod. You can't. First of all, you're not going to get anything via trade that you should get for guys that are, you know, coming out of week one on the low. But Arod's Arod's masterful in 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 situations like this, and I think he just had a little rust on him. The offense had a little rust; they weren't gelling good. Um, is there a shot that Arod doesn't bounce back ever to form? Sure. You know, I, I'd say my panic is out of one or two. It's not a zero, but it's at of one or a two. Um, so I, I definitely don't think it's freakout time at all. Mike Kyler plus Deontay for Josh Allen and Diggs. <sighs> that you know, that, that would have looked great. That would have looked like a home run smash walking into week one. But it's actually not as crazy to, to contemplate not doing. But I would do it. I would take Josh Allen and Diggs over Kyler and Deontay personally. But I could see somebody saying they'd rather have the Deontay and Kyler side. And I wouldn't I wouldn't call them crazy, but I'm taking Allen and Diggs. I'm trusting that week one isn't painting the entire picture of what's going to happen for 2021. Not to mention, you don't get any of the value, none of it, that happened in week one in this trade. In your mind, you're kind of thinking, oh, but... I, I'm getting this guy, Kyler Murray, who just scored, you know, five TDs. You're not getting any of that. You're starting from scratch right now, um, you know, if, if you're acquiring Kyler, if you're on that side of it. And if you're on the other side of it, you don't have to worry about that Josh Allen dropped a, a, a dud game or Diggs dropped a dud game. So if you're on the side of acquiring Josh Allen and Diggs, you don't have to consider, oh, they I'm getting that bust value from week one. You're getting a, a clean slate. So clean slate, Josh Allen and Diggs, in my opinion, outscored Deontay and Kyler. But it's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. It's it's a, it's amazing how much value Kyler is going to have, and he should he should have. You should only sell Kyler for this kind of top dollar value. That's it, plain and simple. Kyler, Kyler commands it. Kyler commands it. <clears throat> um, Smitty, would you sell high on Chase? If you're able to get like a Gibby or Najee, absolutely. If you could sell Jamar Chase coming off of a week that when he entered the week, people like didn't even want to own him. They like wanted to put him on the bench at the very, very most. And now you're telling me you can go get a Gibby or a Clyde. You're gonna have to give up more. There's no way you're able to get Gibby or Harris, but or Clyde. But Harris is a good buy low right now. People are freaking out. My my panic meter. From a a 0 to 10, 10 being panic, 0 being not panicked at all, on Harris is going to be in like the 2-3 range at the most, maybe 1 to 2. Callaway, back to all your benches, no. Depends on the situation. And again, if we're going to say Callaway's a bust based on week one, we got to say it about everybody else. We cannot draw a concrete conclusion based on the man being locked down for an entire game by one of the best corners, which was a high risk, high reward play. It was very high risk. It was very high reward. And I think he he gets he gets fed in week two. But is it still high risk until he proves consistent? Yeah, it's still gonna be a high risk play. But I still believe in Callaway and I think he's talented. Um, I agree with Smitty Henry was a huge fade for me last year. It was the, yeah he like he had, he came out of an ideal situation and this is a new offense in a way you know c- coaching um, the the entire dynamic of it is different you've got Julio coming in and adding it's kind of like when you add like uh, a bunch of big names to a super team in basketball and you get this amazing top five starting lineup and it doesn't gel and you're like how the heck is this team not blowing teams out of the water how does a team like with uh, Giannis on it do better than this super team and it's because just adding julio doesn't 100 percent fit it doesn't mean it's gonna gel and it could affect aj brown and in fact i probably would sell high on aj brown if you can because i still worry about how this whole team's gonna function and and what happens with the target share in a new environment in a less efficient offense it's different. You can't just say Jonu's gone. Corey Davis is gone. Here's 100 and whatever amount of targets, whatever that total was, 100 and something targets. And I, I know that like AJ Brown's going to have some. Here you go, AJ. And here's the other share going over to Julio. It doesn't work like that. Not when you have a different like coaching system. You add Julio and you take away players. You don't know what you have. You can't translate one volume situation to another, and so bottom line is we don't know what we're looking at. And we in in 2021 with this Titans offense and the Cardinals just exposed it. The Cardinals defense, my Cardinals look fantastic on defense. This is a this is one of the top. Five, this could be a top five defense in 2021. This Cardinal defense, I, I'm 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 just blown away by the way the Cards played in week one. They look phenomenal. They look hard they look hardcore. This team is is legit. My worry meter on IUK, I think I said a five or a six or a seven. I don't even remember what number I gave, but it's it's pretty high. Drops in the preseason. Usage is weird. Played hurt. Is he hurt? Will he get healthy? Why is he playing hurt? I'm staying away from that situation. Gaskin and chase for Gibby, Smitty. You just got an offer. Uh, give, give me Gibby. I, I rather Gibby. I'm not freaking out after Week One. I would have said Gibby by a mile heading into Week One. I'm not going to change, you know, based on that, based on one week. Smitty, you should create a video with a list of all your sell highs and buy lows. Of course, that's coming, Scott. What do I look like, pal? Of course, you're going to get that. That video is coming tomorrow night. We're wait, right when the you know the the probably before the Monday night game. You're going to see the sell high video sell high video smitty should i create a video or should you create oh hold on to hardman and sermon scott i mean you gotta not hardman i don't care about hardman but i would hold on to sermon i wouldn't cut sermon yet but mitchell has more upside at this point we just gotta wait and see sermon sermon was a third round pick they're not going to discard him but there's a reason he didn't play he was a healthy scratch because Uh, from what I'm hearing, he's in the doghouse. So sermon sermon's a, a risky hold in like a small league, but in a a larger league, I mean, you got to hold him. you got to hold him. But, but I think Mitchell, like if you had a, if it was a scenario where you had to drop sermon, you had no other drop to pick up Mitchell. I probably would take Mitchell because he right now he's a hundred yard rusher in the NFL. Um, yeah, I, you can't drop you can't drop by uke that would be a, a horrible move yeah we do have to see how it plays out we, we we can't we can't be making knee-jerk reactions guys with guys we drafted really really high we have to wait and see you cannot have these knee-jerk reactions um or you're going to be in trouble so elijah mitchell the number one pickup of week one i think he's got you know he's starting running back right now currently mostert's hurt i don't think mostert will be healthy for week two but we have to wait and see on that too we could have news that he's going to play. Things can unfold very quickly, very differently than we expect coming out of a speculative type news cycle that's coming out of week 1. Like we're we're hearing a lot of speculation. We don't know what's going on. Moster could be out long, a long time or a short time or no time. But for right now my educated guess is that Elijah Elijah Mitchell is probably starting week 2 and he delivered. And Shanahan likes to ride the hot hand and he's the hot hand and he just delivered. He just executed. Shanny trusts him. And if there's any question around the running back situation, most are healthy. Guess what? You can't hear the music. There you go. So Elijah Mitchell, number one waiver wire guy. How much do I bid on Smitty? I don't know. I don't know your league, and and this is probably the most asked question I get. How much fab do I throw on Elijah Mitchell? I don't know, because you you only you know the historical trends in your league, and you got you gotta think to yourself, okay, what is the most people usually bid? Because I don't have that information. I could tell you drop all one hundred dollars of one hundred on them, and, I, and in some scenarios I would do that. Some scenarios I would do that. It depends on the historical ways of my league in other scenarios in a hundred dollar league the most anybody ever spends is 20 dollars so i drop 30 i'd be i'm safe in case somebody goes i'm gonna drop 21 Uh, so it it all depends but if there is a if there is a potential james robinson from last year who we're not calling james robinson james robinson this year as of right now we're freaking out about j-rob right but the James Robinson of last year, if there's if there's a running back right now coming out of week one, it's Elijah Mitchell. He has he has it written all over him. Whether he works out or not, it's a whole nother thing. Jameis Winston's available in an uh, uncomfortable amount of leagues, and he needs to be grabbed. He has QB1 potential. And honestly, you have Kyler and Winston. Let's say you pick up Winston or you own him, and your team is not built to win. You have to make a move. You have to look yourself in the mirror and ask the honest question with Kyler or AB or Godwin or Lamb or Cooper or Dak or whoever, insert player that blew up in week one, if you own said player, you needing to trade Kyler away doesn't mean you don't love Kyler or believe in Kyler. Like people need to understand selling high and buying low has no, you should treat it like a business. And if you can trade Kyler for a running back that you shouldn't even sniff using the third or fourth round value or fourth or fifth round value you spent on Kyler, and you have a Burrow sitting on your bench, or you have Jameis Winston and you need something, you need something, you've got, you've got to look at what trade options these guys can get you. Plain and simple. Um... Jameis Winston needs to be grabbed. Jacoby Myers, even though he didn't go nuts this week, what was his stat line? Jacoby had... uh, Where's the... Where's Jacoby's game? Somebody has it off the top of their head. Oh, here it is. I got it. I'm going to find it before I see it in the chat. Jacoby Myers had... Mac Jones, first of all, was 29 for 39, 281, and 1 TD. He looked pretty good. At times, he looked good. James White, 6 for 49, by the way, 4 for 12. And I have James White listed here. Um, James White needs to be grabbed potentially in a lot of leagues. I'm using this for light. That's why I keep resetting it. Um, Jacoby Myers, 6 for 44. Not very explosive. Like or, or on the stat sheet on the stat sheet, not not something that pops off, right? Um, Avi says, uh, Tyreek first round pick every year, best in the game, at a boy, Avi. Um, Jacoby Myers is available. The reason I put him on this list, he didn't like explode, but he's available according to JP. Thank you, JP, for the stats and forty percent ish in uh, Yahoo leagues, I believe. So, he's available in 40% of some leagues and 50% in other leagues I've looked at. It's crazy. I, I was shocked when when we are talking about it. So, uh, Jacoby Myers needs to be grabbed. He could be a wide receiver three in fantasy the whole year. And, and I think that this game right here is a down game for Jacoby. I think he could be a 70 and a touchdown type of guy on the semi-regular. Thank you, Avi. Uh, Mr. TD says, "Did I waste my number two waiver wire pickup on Lat Murray instead of waiting for someone like Mitchell? Yeah, prob- probably, but we'll see. Uh, Mitchell could still rise up, but he's not even. I mean, we'll see tomorrow night. But I don't feel like Mitchell or that uh, Lat Murray is in a position to get anything close to starter carries yet. So you know, he's got Bell there. You got Tyson Williams still ready to shine. He's the only one that knows what's what's really going on in that offense and has the playbook down in the plays." So, I mean, Tyson Williams has to fail for Murray to get his, his shot. Elijah Mitchell is ready to rumble. But don't let that discourage you. Figure out a way, um, you know, to, to, to get him as well. I wasn't huge on the lap Murray pickup. So, order the text line, pal. HeySmitty.com. so you and I can have these conversations ahead of time. Waddle looks pretty good. Waddle looks good. J-Robin, A-B for Gibby. I would do that. I would do that. I would take Gibby. Over J Robin a B, but that's me and of course it depends a little bit on your situation Trey sermon will win out. We'll see about that right now Elijah Mitchell's the man I, I'm not opposed to holding both of them. I think that that they could rotate TD Elijah probably would have went first Um, Did I miss any super chats here I got Avi's. I'm sorry I no Rubio, I got to you I got Rubio's okay I didn't miss it good I thought I missed Rubio's Rubio are you still here you got a follow up Rubio is Moss droppable Zach Moss probably I mean I still like him a little bit but he can't stay healthy Mike Williams looked great uh he dropped a he dropped a pass uh, he didn't look great the whole game but All right, good. Rubio, if you have a follow-up, let me know. I appreciate your super chat, pal. How much fab for Elijah Mitchell? Again, like I said earlier, this is not a question I can answer because I would just be blowing smoke up your rear. Why? Not because I'm not good at predicting things. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if I told you a number, I would be telling you based on my leagues or based on what I see – and you have to know what your league is willing to do. If you have league mates, like in some of my leagues where every player is $100 out of 100, everyone rotates blowing their fab on a guy because everyone knows everyone else is gonna do it. The pure pressure involved or the the necessity to drop 100 to even have a chance at a guy is overpowering this league to where it's it basically you have 100 bucks, it's who's dropping 100 and then what, what the tiebreaker is. And in other leagues, you got a bunch of conservative guys that don't ever put more than 20 bucks out of a hundred, or even like more than twelve out of a hundred, and then you go dropping a hundred dollars and you look like a fool. Um I drop Jamal Williams for Mitchell. That's a tough one. You can't find you can't find another drop because Jamal's still getting a lot of volume. Uh try and make a trade maybe or I mean, in the end, I like Mitchell a little better, but he, Mitchell's a little riskier to have the job long-term because Sermon's still there. 151 watching. It says do be only 51 thumbs up. Please punch the thumbs up for me, broskies. I appreciate that. Uh, real quickly, I want to play this this um, this for you. This is a, a, a cool, amazing um, promo uh, company I'm working with. And just watch this real quick. It's short. I've got a new way for you to experience daily fantasy sports and esports. It's called Thrive Fantasy, Baby. And you can find it at smitty onecom thrive. Based off player props, the way you love to play fantasy, you set your lineup of player props. Choose your lineup of over-unders on the app. Each prop has a fantasy total. that that gets added up. So you're setting like a a lineup based on the player prop. Wait a minute, Smitty. You're telling me you can play fantasy football using player props? That's right, Bob. You can actually build a lineup using player props and get the provided fantasy points that are allocated for that player prop to land. Rack up the most points, Bob, and you win a certain percentage of that prize pool, baby. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy. Today, smitty1.com slash thrive. Go oh, check them out. Go to smitty1.com and click on, uh, or actually, go to smitty1.com slash thrive, and I'll put that in the chat here. Uh, but give these guys a look. It's a really fun way to play fantasy because you can literally um, draft like a, a fantasy lineup using the player props, which is kind of unique and cool. Uh, so definitely give that a look. Uh, oh, we haven't got to Gainwell yet. Um, so go go to smitty1.com slash thrive. And if you do that and you send me a screenshot on Instagram or email or whatever, I'll give you a free phone call to break down your roster, come up with trade advice. Um, I'll give you a free phone call. All you got to do is go to smitty1.com slash thrive. Let me drop that in the chat and pin it so you guys can jump in there and, uh, and get a hold of that so that we can um, get on a phone call. So hold on one second. Let me drop that in the chat. Get shareable link. Get into my live stream. Because I didn't have it pulled up. Knock on wood, but the internet connection's been a lot better uh, since I uh, switched over to the new provider. So go to this link right here. Smitty1.com slash thrive. I'm going to pin it. And anybody that does... A deposit of ten dollars minimum. Using promo code Hey Smitty. Let me let me edit this. Ah, uh, let me send it again. So go to. Actually, that, that that link should give you the promo code. Actually, so go do that in in and play uh, Thrive Fantasy. <clears throat> what kind of internet? Um, I um I'm using a a local company that uh, is a lot better. So I was using. Um Cox Communications and it was it was it was down all the time. Um let's see here. Smitty concern on Javante Williams with Gordon's solid game. A little bit, pal, a little bit, Landon. Uh, you know, it, it it sucks that it sucks that uh it sucks that Gordon had to have that carry because he looked good on it, but I think Javante would have done everything Gordon did better. So, if God, if that carry just would have went to Javante and he ripped that off, he would have been a little quicker, a little faster looking. Gordon did okay with it. Gordon, obviously, he almost got caught, but he was able to get in the end zone because he's crafty, and he used his uh, you know, spatial manipulation of that run very well. Gordon's a veteran. It was pretty good. It was a good run, and it was pretty impressive. So, it sucks that that was not freaking Williams getting that carry because it would have been game over. It would have been Williams' job moving forward. Melvin Gordon bought himself some time. Javante still got a boatload of carries. In fact, didn't Javante out-carry him? If we go to the game log here, uh, go to Denver, what was the carry divide between these two guys? The carry divide was was Melvin Gordon 11, Javante Williams, Javante Williams 14. About Melvin Gordon's ripped off that, that long run which gave him the 9.2 yards per carry, which he didn't have before that run. 11 carries for a 101 and a touchdown. So it, yeah, it sucks. It sucks that that it, Melvin Gordon got that. Uh, Javonta Williams also only had one catch, minus four yards, and and Melvin Gordon had three catches for 17. Could put a little bit of a delay on the breakout party. Maybe not. Javonta Williams has a lot of upside. Sell Debo high. Who do you think attainable one-on-one in a one for one in PPR. Um, that's a tough call, bro. I'd probably say so on the buy list, we've got Mike Evans. I'd trade I'd trade Debo for Mike Evans. Uh I'd try and give up more and get and get uh Justin Jefferson. Of course you're not getting Justin Jefferson straight up for Debo, but you might be able to trade a running back that's doing really well. I trade I trade a Damian Harris. I know Damian Harris is looking good. And I'm not saying to sell them low, but I try using Damian Harris to get a Justin Jefferson right now, a Ridley, a Diggs. Um, I tried getting into a big gun that struggled in week one and use these guys that were popping off, looking good. There's no way AB and Harris and um, Brandon Cooks and Gronk and even Lockett. There's no way these guys hold the same value they have today all year long. And and people are so upset about not having Lockett and saying, I kind of liked him, the, the recency bias of things and the fact that people have that suggestive mentality like, I, I think I liked Lockett. I almost drafted Lockett. We all almost drafted Lockett. We all almost drafted Lockett. At some point in our draft, we almost drafted Lockett. There's a lot of people out there, the suggest, suggestive people, that they see something... And they, they, they feel like they they feel like they remember it a different way. Like I almost drafted a lock They're so upset over it. They'll trade anything to to make up for this wrong. <laughs> and and like uh I'd say like uh let's see. I'm looking at the board that I wrote up all the all the cell highs. Um let me let me let me put the this on screen here. This is the the list. Um, we'll go to this list in one second. Uh, I just want to say Gainwell, just to wrap this up, Gainwell is a great grab. Uh, Miles Sanders looked pretty efficient and okay, but Gainwell could certainly be in the mix for starting carries at some point this year. Miles Sanders is very injury prone. Miles Sanders has the frame that I think isn't built to be a full-time running back. So Gainwell is one of my crafty, probably the most crafty out of all the four top pickups for week. Uh, week two, I think Gainwell is that crafty running back that you're planning ahead. You're not necessarily going to use Gainwell in week two, but you're you're trying to think ahead. And I think this is a guy that can win you a league. So in the case of the – I forget who asked me and said, hey, Smitty, did I waste my waiver wire pickup on, uh, on Lat Murray when I should have been grabbing Mitchell? You could maybe make up for it by grabbing this guy and holding him and then waiting. Heineke, Darnold, Jimmy G for quarterbacks. Those are the top quarterback ads. If I'm missing anybody, toss it out. If you feel like, oh, hey, in my league I'm seeing this, let me know. Heineke, Darnold, Jimmy G, all the top uh, QBs to grab right now. If Winston isn't available, who's obviously listed higher up here. So these are the remaining guys. Uh, White, James White, Roundtree, um, in case Eckler you know, further injur- injures himself. But Eckler looked healthy enough. Singletary, because Moss can't stay healthy. Ingram in Houston looks like he could be potentially getting volume. Uh, uh, Marshall, the rookie wide receiver, is a must-grab. Kirk, Christian Kirk had two TDs, looked really good, but Rondell Moore almost did just as much damage through the air minus the touchdowns. Rondell Moore is a very good wide receiver, and I think Kirk is a monster so high. Like I don't even consider Kirk uh, an option for me to be in my lineup at any point. I I think the moment you start him he doesn't uh you know, he doesn't do what he did in this week so this contest. So uh Monty looked incredible. Yes, he did bridges. I appreciate you. Uh Let's see. Van Jefferson, Shepherd, the tight ends. There weren't a, a lot of tight ends to grab assuming Gronk isn't Actually Gronk is available in more leagues than he should be. So I'm going to put him on here. Um he's not available in a lot of leagues but he is in 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 some of the uh smaller ones so i'm just gonna put him on here even though that might not apply to everybody so gronk everett looked really good everett looked very i think healthy and and strong and and efficient so i like everett a lot in in that offense i think wilson's gonna feed him a ton johnson for the saints you need to grab this guy if you're in dire need at tight end um he's a good uh, uh, grab to, to just you know grab a stash if you need somebody. So those are the top waiver wire ads for week two. And I, I'm sorry it took so long to roll all that out. We're ranting and raving for a, a bunch of time. Here's the list that we came up with on my YouTube exclusive membership. If you go to my homepage on YouTube, you can join my YouTube exclusive group where we actually go live. Um, let me take a screenshot of it and show you. We go live on i or on Discord video two times uh, on Sundays. Two video calls that we do every single Sunday, and if you jump on, let me show you what I'm talking about. It's right here. Let me screenshot this. I didn't. I didn't grab it. Let me screenshot this, and I'll put it on screen here for you. Come on. <laughs> oh, maybe it'll paste. Ah! Come on, buddy. Let's try it once more. Right here. There we go. Okay, so if you go to my youtube.com slash the fantasy football show, you'll see this homepage. This is my homepage to my YouTube channel. Um, when you get to my homepage of my YouTube channel, you will notice there is a join button. This blue join button, if you click it, you can join my YouTube exclusive group and we go live on a video. Think of it like a Zoom call two times every Sunday. So it's a big like video call and you jump in you can turn your mic off you can turn your camera off you don't have to speak you can just chat if you want or you can be a part of the video call experience but we literally just click that join button on my youtube channel and you can cancel any we did this we sat up here let me let me let me move the let me change the mic can you guys hear me okay is that too loud let me lower the volume on that it's a little loud Test 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 test. Okay so we just came over on this marker board and we started writing and doing all the the ad drops and um, We did the ad list over here. We did the buy list here and we started constructing this We go live at halftime of the morning games and we go live at halftime of the Thursday night game and when we go live we talk about who do we sell who do we buy and when we go live at the halftime of the morning games we don't have a ton of information yet but we have a little like you know insight as to what might be unfolding for the week so when we started out we had like half of these names on here cuz we're like oh first half we know what's going on then as the second half unfolded we all watched you know separately the the afternoon games we came back on Sunday night halftime of the Sunday night game added to the list we we had, we eliminated a couple people that didn't do well in the first half that we thought were going to be good buy-lows, but then DK caught a touchdown pass. DK no longer was a buy-low. Of the list, of the buy-low list, Josh, Allen, and Diggs, in my opinion, are the two safest. Harris, uh, or Jefferson, next. Jefferson, Diggs, and Allen are probably my three safest buy-lows. I feel like you're buying low at those values that you could buy low at. Very, very little risk, if not zero risk in my mind. I think Zeke Elliott has a, a risk of the 2, 3, maybe 4, but probably 2 or 3 out of 10 in, in terms of risk for me. I really think this is a great buy low. I think Harris is also a 2 or a 3 on the risk scale. Scale. I'm fine buying him low. Um, IUK, no longer. That was a name that we threw up early in the morning because we didn't know what was going on. Already, I'm crossing him off the list. Aaron Jones, could potentially be a buy low, but I'm worried about him. D. Adams, I'm sorry. D. Adams is also like a zero risk. I, I forgot he was right there. Adams, I don't want to I don't want to scratch him off. I'm gonna do a dotted line, because I'm I'm more worried now than I was in the morning game little video uh, conference call we did. Uh, Pitts is a good buy low, but I won't circle him. Gaskins a pretty good buy low. Clyde is a two, three, four, I suppose, risk. Gibby is a maybe a three or a two, maybe a, a risk of three out of 10. Ridley, pretty darn safe. I'd say like a risk of one, only because you worry about, okay, there's the foot issue. Why was he non-existent in the game? But still a one, like, so a risk of one out of 10, risk of zero out of 10. So this is a one, one out of 10, 0 out of 10, 0 out of 10, 0 out of 10, I don't know, 0 out of 10, like Adams, Allen, Diggs, Jefferson, 0, Ridley, 1, Harris, maybe a 2 out of 10 to 3, Zeke, 2 out of 3, out of uh, 2 to 3 out of 10, sell list, everybody with a check means that I believe in them. I don't want you to sell low. I don't want you to sell medium. I don't want you to sell moderately high. I'm telling you, only sell them if you're getting top dollar and your team needs it. Again, Kyler Murray. I even put two check marks next to Kyler Murray because I don't want anybody in the back to misconstrue what I'm saying. Let's put a third check mark. Kyler Murray is not to be sold unless you're getting top dollar. You're going and trading him in for two flaming youngs for your one filet Young. yes hard to do but there are players like ridley jefferson allen diggs harris zeke adams that are cheaper than they should be therefore a kyler selling high moment is definitely in the cards for me um godwin i sell high pretty easily i think he could be hit and miss gronk i sell high pretty easily lockett feels like he'll be up and down ab solid but I feel like you can get such a high value for him right now. It makes a lot of sense to sell him high. Debo, I love selling high. Chubb, he looks good. Hunt's still very involved. The volume seems to be there for both, but it still feels a little. It still feels like a little bit of a situation that if I can get top dollar for, and buy into a, uh, you know, Debo and let's see, you yeah, Winston or uh, let's see, no, I'm sorry, Chubb. Chubb and Winston, and you could get a Diggs and an Allen. I go get Diggs and Allen using my Winston and, and Nick Chubb. Something like that, if my running backs could support it. Um, sell high on Damian Harris. I like him. I think he can continue to do well. As For every start he gets, he will produce. But the fact that you could sell him for maybe a Jefferson right now straight up. The fact that you could sell a, a Damian Harris for a Ridley straight up or a Diggs straight up or a potential Adams, and even if you gave up a little bit, there are people that are willing to pay for this right now. They missed out on it. They feel like, I could have had this guy. He looks so good. They're going to feed him. There are people that will 100% in some league that you're playing contemplate a Harris for a Jefferson, a Harris for a Ridley, a Harris for, uh, Harris for a Harris, Harris for a Diggs, Harris for... You're going to have to give up more for Adams, but... This is what we do on the YouTube exclusive. Go to youtube.com slash the fantasy football show. You're watching right now on that channel. Click the blue join button and join up and be a part of the, the video calls. Okay. Back to reality here. Um where are we at how many uh, doobie how many people we got in here and how many thumbs up we got my, my stats stopped loading let me see we have 137 still in here i think 73 thumbs up appreciate the thumbs up everybody that's gonna do it for today's show i appreciate all the super chats let me see if i missed any i did so let me get to those before i leave i'm sorry was over on the marker board and i didn't see your super chat come flying in um Avi, i appreciate you again thank you for the super chat uh who else super chatted today i'm gonna get to your your question here uh keats one second rubio appreciate you rubio thank you guys for dropping those super chats i appreciate you very very much you help the show do what the show does i like the setup smitty that's all he's i put him on hold to read that i'm sorry keats i should have seen that right away um 76 thank you doobie doobie's the bouncer here and doobie and and terry roberts they are the two bouncers in in the room they're trying to get everybody to to hit the thumbs up terry roberts are you here thanks for the stream smitty thank you Bach. appreciate you um Hey Smitty, what do you do with Gesicki? Should I pick up Hooper or Higby? I like Higby the most out of those. Um, what else? would I miss? I drafted Kyler at a boy. Congratulations. Diggs over Chase, absolutely. Hey Smitty. Talk about Ridley or Gasicki. I like Ridley a lot. He's a buy low. I talked about him over there on the marker board. Um, I I really think Ridley's a, a one out of ten risk at this point. Like I, I'm only worried about the foot maybe and why he vanished and you know the offense maybe be less efficient or something. Is it changed? Is it going to recover? Is Pitts going to be there to to help uh, uh create uh less defensive attention? Um. So you know zero to one out of 10 risk for Ridley. I'm buying Ridley pretty much everywhere I can. How do you feel about Ridley? I got that question. Okay. I think I'm I think I'm caught up. Tunyon droppable. No. Tunyon Tanya can still have a really good year. Depends on who you can pick up though, pal. Smitty sell, Jamar Chase. It depends what you can get. You can go after a, a Justin Jefferson, apparently. A few people have come to me with that offer. Like they're giving up a little bit more and they're getting justin jefferson using jamar chase and whatever um definitely definitely you know uh, Devonte smith and jamar chase both could be top seven wide receivers of the future you talk 49ers back backfield yet yes we did re-watch the show that's what the entire beginning was about so go re-watch it um i can't really repeat all that but go check it out Sel McLaurin. Uh, honestly, you're buying McLaurin. McLaurin didn't have a big day. He had a good catch and he had some decent stats, but you're not selling McLaurin high. No one's buying him high. You could, you could buy him low. Um, Last question. What is Corey Davis's value? That's a great sell high. And I probably should I don't know if I had him over there. But he is definitely. I think I do have him on the corner. He is definitely a sell high. Debo and Corey Davis are good sell highs. Not saying they can't keep delivering. But they're at optimal value right now. Sell high on both of them. Alright guys. I appreciate everybody being in here. You guys make the show go round. I can't thank you enough for everything you do for me. I'm sorry we missed on some things this week. But we all did it. We all did it together. Literally 40% of everyone inside the top 48 overall and 50 percent exactly of the top 10 busted on all of us so let's hold hands sing kumbaya and attack week two we've got a lot lot of content coming for the remainder of the week tomorrow's video is going to be insanely helpful i break down all of the bust top 48 guys inside the top 48 that busted so about 17 names inside the top 48 adp from September ADP and August ADP. I break down 17 of the biggest busts coming out of week one and tell you my risk assessment of each one walking into the rest of the season. Should you buy? Should you sell? Should you hold? Should you cry? It's all coming up tomorrow. I will see you all tomorrow. Get on over to smitty1.com and click on the underdog fantasy banner. Deposit a minimum of 10 bucks, and I'll give you a free phone call. We'll talk draft, trade, whatever you want. Go to smitty1.com, click on the underdog fantasy banner, and make sure promo code smitty's entered. Let's go.